Hello again, and welcome to another episode of That's Gross, unless you're into it. I'm your host, Miss Kay Chalice, and if you couldn't tell from our opening song, I thought I was being pretty obvious, but today we are talking about anal. Yay! Anal, anal, anal. One of my most favorite things in the world, and I'm very excited to talk about it. It's also one of the things that I get asked the most questions about from both friends and clients and everybody in between, because anal can be kind of daunting, I think, for a lot of people. It is a spot that is not supposed to have things in it, but it's totally going to have things in it, and you're going to think it's awesome. And this episode in particular, uh, I'm going to be talking about pegging the most. There's not a massive difference, uh, in my opinion, between pegging and anal. Pegging, the only difference being if you are using a real appendage or not. But please keep in mind also that all rules that apply to pegging also apply to if you are using a biological cock. I will try and slip in some information did you see what I did there? Whenever I can, but just assume for the most part that this is involving toys. So since we're talking primarily about pegging, it's usually assumed uh, when most people hear the term pegging, they think about a man being fucked by somebody else. They think about a man being fucked in the ass. Um, so I want to touch on that a little bit because that's where a lot of the vulnerability lies on this subject. If you are a dude listening to this podcast um, and wanting to know more about pegging because that's your dirty little secret, first of all, more power to you. I would be happy to peg you. Secondly, if you are a if you are somebody who is interested in pegging your male partner, then this is going to be perfect because we're going to dive into a little bit of why asking for that can be a little bit difficult. A lot of the men that I have talked to uh, who do enjoy pegging really don't like admitting that up front or to anybody else, um, especially their partner, because. I think inherently, just in the society that we live in in particular, the idea of men wanting to be fucked in the ass is completely emasculating. And honestly, that's that's part of the kink for a lot of people. Like, the, being emasculated is half the fun, at least with a lot of the clients that I've worked with. But more often than not, even if that is the kink, it's also tied completely into the fear of being outed. Um, because for people that don't understand that kind of vulnerability in fetishism, they will just automatically assume that this person, regardless of, say it's a, a heterosexual relationship that's going on and a woman, a cis woman is pegging a cis man, uh, automatically the, the man is assumed gay. <sighs> if you are a person, if you are a dude who wants to get fucked in the ass, or if you are someone listening to this podcast who thinks that any dude that wants to get fucked in the ass is gay, I will give you a massive hint. The part of your body being stimulated has absolutely no bearing on the gender that you prefer doing the stimulating for you. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there right now, because if you are a dude, then you have this magical thing inside your asshole called the prostate. Do, 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 do. I was trying to come up with a theme song, and now I think I just made the prostate theme song. I think it works out pretty well. It's like a really shitty game show. Come on down, or go on up. 
as the case might be. Oh no, my partner's giving me very much a look right now. But anyway, if you are not used to uh, being pegged or having anything anally inserted, the number one thing that I'm going to say is don't just jump on the first cock-shaped thing you see. Please don't. As much as we all want to believe that we are porn stars in the bedroom, especially your butthole is a very super sensitive area with very, very super sensitive skin. And you want to be particularly careful when learning to stretch that. And it's just like any other muscle, it has to be stretched. And that can get a little bit complicated because your anus is this super, super tight muscle, hopefully, that muscle in particular has a lot of feeling. What you can actually feel on the outside has tons of feeling. However, once you actually get all up in there, there are no nerve endings inside of your butthole. So if anything's going wrong, you're not going to find out until much later, and it's going to be a little bit of a surprise. So you want to take as many precautions as you can, um, stretching, getting yourself prepared so that there isn't any tearing, any fissures, anything like that, because that is a concern uh, when you get into doing anal. I know this all sounds super scary. I'm just laying the scary shit out on the table, every pun intended. But it is something that you have to keep in mind when you start playing with anal sex, because especially that part of your body, you want to deal with safety first. With that in mind, as I said before, if you are brand new at this, start with something small. You can do it yourself. You can ask your partner to do it or partners. Stick a finger up there. It's really easy. If you're worried about, you know, what goes on because it's totally your butthole, get a glove, put a finger up there. I highly advise using your middle finger because with uh, cisgendered men, the prostate is about two inches inside. And with the middle finger, some people, if you are like me, have very, very short fingers uh, and you need to use the longest one. You want to go about two inches inside and press closest to your belly. This works the best when uh, you or your partner are already aroused because the prostate is this super cool little mechanism that swells up when you get horny, which is super, super handy when you're trying to find it. So really, really get yourself or your partner going before you do this. And I promise it will be this amazing experience for you both. One, because you get to put your hand inside of a butthole and that's kind of incredible. And two, it really is, after after talking with countless number of, of men who, who enjoy prostate simulation, it is genuinely uh, the most intense orgasm you've ever had times 10. It is, that is what it is meant for. Uh, it is meant to create that beautiful sensation, so why not play with it? And if that's gay, then we should all be so gay. I will say, with using your fingers though, and this is if you are uh, somebody that tends to keep your nails longer, like I do, please, I beg of you, on behalf of your and your partners, please do not put long nails in the butt. This seems like completely common knowledge, but you would be surprised how many problems I have heard about where people just kind of shove it on in there and it does not yield great results. And there is a lot of banshee-like screaming. But if you are also a person like me who likes to have nice long nails and still really has a lot of fun playing with buttholes, what you can do, fun little thing, is take some cotton balls 
uh, tear them in half, stick them on the ends of your fingers, and then put your hand in a glove. That way that you have a nice cotton barrier between the tips of your nails and the glove, and you don't have to worry about uh, as much of a mess with lube and with residue that comes with playing with buttholes. Either way, Gloves are optional if you have shorter nails, but still, I always try to advise using gloves. Just because it's safety, it is a messy area, and a lot of bacteria is spread down there. Especially if you're doing it with multiple partners, you want to make sure that you're using a gloved hand. And I think something important, too, uh, if you choose to take this advice and start playing around with your partner, fingering them, things like that, I cannot believe I'm using this phrase. It makes me sick to use this phrase, but at least it's in good context, so bear with me, children. Not all men <laughs> can have an orgasm from pegging. I know it's the stereotype, and if you've watched a lot of gay porn like I have, you always see a lot of men who are like super hard when they're getting pegged, or they have a super intense orgasm. But not all men can get hard during pegging. Not all men can orgasm from pegging. And both of these things are perfectly acceptable. Everyone's body works completely differently. And while it might still be completely turning them on, it might be super hot, they might be absolutely loving it, that doesn't mean that they have to have an erection. And that does not mean that they have to come. When it comes to sex, there's so much focus on orgasm during anything sexual that the journey to get there and the event itself and the intimacy that you get to share with people is so often lost. We are so focused on, you know, wet pussies and hard cocks and orgasms that we forget that there are so many other ways to express arousal. So if you are concerned because your man is not just super veiny rock hard while you're fingering his ass, he's probably loving it. And if he's not, he will tell you. Otherwise, you're doing a good job, and y'all can commence with the fucking right after you get his fingers out of your ass. Or if you're very, very flexible, you can try doing both. As far as orgasms go, the amazing part about pegging is that women can come too. I get so excited saying that because it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, presumably, if you are using a toy for the first time and you aren't, maybe you don't have a strap-on harness or you aren't ready to use a strap-on harness with your partner yet, you're still using a dildo or a vibe or something like that in your partner's asshole, you can get yourself off. Just sit there and rub your clit for days until it can, until everything happens. But what I'm specifically talking about is with strap-ons. Strap-ons can be completely magical and I cannot stress enough how much I condone investing a very, very high quality, good harness because they will last forever and you can fuck like a champ in them and you will feel like you have your very own dick, which is totally awesome, by the way. If you have a good harness, the amazing thing that can happen is, A, you can get one that has a nice little pocket uh, that you can put a vibrator in, which is super great. If you don't have a harness that can do that, you can also use uh, panties that have the pocket for vibes. Those can sometimes get a little bit weird and jostled in the act of things, especially if you're just trying things out and getting used to it because it's a lot of new motion. My personal favorite is getting an adjustable harness and using really, really nice dildo that presses 
just up against your clit. If you're wearing a really good harness, it should fit right above your clit and just a little bit onto the top of your mons. That area right there is nice and beautifully sensitive so that when you are thrusting into your partner, no matter how fast or slow, you're going to be giving a little bit of pressure to that area. And if you are a cum champ like I am, then it's going to do the trick for you, no problem. And I know that's a fear for some men too, like, well, I don't want my girlfriend to peg me because what's she going to do? Then she won't come. Well, honey, there are so many ways for you to pay it back. You better, you better eat her cunt until the end of time after she's done. Or you can buy her the best Christmas present of all, a really, really nice fuck harness. I'm just giving ideas. I'm in a very festive mood this week. <laughs> I know a lot of men worry about pleasing their partner and not being selfish in their sexuality. And there are ways to make that happen. Sometimes you just have to get a little bit creative with it. When you get a little bit more experienced, get a double dildo. Go at it with each other. It's amazing. Good Lord, it's like the weirdest slip and slide you've ever seen in your entire life. And I highly recommend it. Better than any theme park I've ever been to and half the price. But regardless of what toy you're using, it may start out as a little bit awkward. And that's why I suggest different methods of stretching so much. Like I said, start out with a finger. If you're feeling a little bit bold, invest in some butt plugs. They come in all different sizes. You can get them at various different sex stores. Always make sure you're to check your materials, what they are made out of. You don't want to be shoving something into your butt that is made out of death. But... <laughs> When you do get to the point of using some of the larger toys, larger being the size of maybe an average size dildo, it's going to be awkward at first when you have someone starting to peg you. And this is because, surprise, uh, cisgendered women don't have dicks. We are not used to maneuvering with them. It takes some grace and it takes that maneuvering and it takes a lot of movement that a lot of women are not going to be used to. Like for the most part, even in the case of like dominant women, we're not used to running the fuck. Like sex is very dick centric most of the time, which is something that we're working on changing, I believe. But most women are not used to running the show in that respect. It takes a lot of time to build up that kind of stamina. It's a whole different set of muscles that you really, really have to build up. So please be patient with your partner as they may be learning to use those muscles and to give it their all in the way that you have had to for a really, really long time. And I think a lot of that has to do with the positioning too. Just as a rule of thumb, my absolute two favorite starting positions uh, with somebody who has never done pegging before are doggy style with him on all fours, you behind him. Let me give an example here. I am terribly short. I am five foot one inches tall and a good majority of the men on this planet are much taller than I am. So you have to get creative with furniture and pillows in my case. Stack some pillows under your knees. Stack some pillows under his hips or his or his knees. I have pegged a man on a step stool. If you got to do it, you got to do it. Find ways to make it work. But there are other ways that make it a lot easier too. Like you can peg someone missionary style. Um, put the guy on his back, put a pillow or two under his hips, and go at it that way. It also makes it a lot more intimate that way. Any position in where you can look at your partner's face 
especially when it comes to anal, can not only be intimate and super sexy, but also it gives you a much better ability to read how your partner is feeling. Um, Because when you are working with a non-biological cock, you're not going to be able to physically feel what's going on with their body and what kind of resistance their body is giving you. If you do have a biological cock, in the case of you are just somebody uh, fucking somebody's ass, you have the benefit of even wearing a condom, which I highly, highly recommend with anal sex, you still have the benefit of being able to physically feel how the inside of your partner feels, how their muscles are relaxing, and if you are, if their body is giving you any sort of resistance to stop. With a toy, you have to be much, much more conscious because you may be able to feel a little bit of resistance, which has helped even more with a very well-fitting harness, but you're not going to be able to physically feel the inside of your partner, which makes those positions in which you can see their face even more valuable because in that case they might be too feeling too vulnerable or embarrassed or even just stunned with pleasure that they can't say anything and it's important for you to know your person know how their body works know their facial expressions and know when it's time for you to ask do you need me to stop there is nothing more important than admitting that maybe something's not going right this time pulling out and trying again, either in a minute after having a chat or sometime at another point. With that, people cannot read your mind. If you are the person pegging, if you are the person being pegged, you need to trust in your partner that they will listen to you um, because no one can read minds. We are not telepaths. Um, You need to be able to express what exactly it is that is going on with your body and what what it is that you need for this experience to be most enjoyable for you. Because I guarantee your partner also wants it to be the most enjoyable thing that they can make it for you. If you are someone that wants to peg your partner, it's a reoccurring theme on this podcast and I will drive it into the ground. Talk it out. It really can be that simple. It might catch them by surprise. I mean, I I don't know a lot of people, unless it really is their thing from the get-go, that won't be a little surprised by their beau coming home and saying, I want to fuck you with a dildo. Like, it's, it's not going to be not surprising. After some talking, and I'll be honest, every... Every man that I have dealt with that has never considered pegging before, the moment that I said, it's prostate stimulation, it will make you come 10 times harder than your best orgasm, almost every single one of them was in for the journey and ended up and ended up really enjoying it. And again, take it slow. If they are not interested in being pegged yet, ask if it's okay for you to put a finger up their asshole while you're giving them head. I cannot tell you the number of stories of men who really 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 love having a finger up the bum while they are while they are getting off and nobody's able to read minds if this is something that you want to do as the pegger or the peg e you have to put it out there and trust that it's going to at least be a conversation and something that you can compromise on with your partner so that you both can have a really good time and get fucked in the butt and the one thing Everyone brings up. Everyone brings this up. 
but what if it hurts? Listen, it's not going to hurt as long as you are patient. Follow the general rules. You can never have enough lube. My God, you can never have enough lube. I know that it doesn't look like in anal porn that they are using a lot of lube, but that is literally because they have this little handy thing that looks like a turkey baster, and they literally fill their assholes with lube, okay? No one expects you to do that, especially if you have not been doing anal. No, it might not be cute. It might not be sexy at first, but just load yourself up with lube. Expect to have to pull out and re-lube a couple of times before things really get going. It takes a while to adjust. You have to be patient and you have to just let it go. If it ruins the moment, it ruins the moment, but that moment's going to be right back on once you figure it out. I promise you that. Number two, go slowly. Go as slow as you need to. And peggers, I'm talking to you right now. Let your peg E back up onto you. I have had nothing but good experiences with giving a little bit of encouragement, letting my partner know that I'm finding it very sexy, touching them, rubbing their back, rubbing their thighs, rubbing their ass, letting them get into the mood and relax enough so that they can back up onto my strap-on. Once you reach the point where you are feeling less resistance, ask, do you want me to do this? Are you ready? Do you want more? If they say yes, go slowly. Pull out slowly. Insert slowly. And if you absolutely have to, pull out your lube again. Pour some more lube onto there and keep going slowly. Eventually it will build. You will get to the point where you can actually fuck your partner. But it takes some time. Not only because you are probably not used to those movements, but because your partner's probably not used to having something shoved up their ass. So let's just give everybody a moment to calm down. If you are the one being pegged, the one tip that I can give you for relaxing, and this sounds so counterintuitive, if you are trying to fit something in your ass, despite if you have been training or not, bear down on your muscles and push outward like you are trying to shit. I know you probably really don't want to do that, but I promise you, it is the absolute best way for you to relax your muscles, take some deep breaths, get that idea, that sexy idea in your head, and roll with it. If it is too much, then it's too much, and that's okay. Dial it back a little bit. Go with something slower. Let your partner know, I really wanted this, but I don't think I'm just ready yet. And that's perfectly fine. Do not be embarrassed. Please forgive yourself and be patient with yourself. It's a very sensitive area that you're working with, so give it time. Give it lube. Give it just more lube. I'm just going to keep hammering that in. <laughs> And also keep in mind that if you are taking all these precautions, you have been trying for months and months and months, and there is still a lot of pain. I do advise going to a doctor because it may be an issue of something else. And I'm not saying that if it hurts, you should immediately jump up and go to the doctor because I promise it will probably be a little bit uncomfortable at least the first time. I'm saying that if you have tried months and months and months of stretching and over and over again trying with your partner and taking every precaution possible and it's still painful, do go and check with your doctor. There are a number of issues that it could be that can be remedied. 
pain, regardless of where it is, is an indicator. Listen to your body and adjust how you need to so that your body says, oh, okay, that doesn't hurt anymore. Let's go ahead and do this. Before we end this episode, I do really, really want to talk about the safety. I know this isn't like the most sexy part of the podcast, but I do think it's one of the most important parts because you are playing with an asshole and the asshole is inherently a very dirty place. I don't care how clean you are. I don't care how many showers you take away. You still shit out of there and you need someone to be safe when they are dealing with that area. So most importantly, when it comes to what you are inserting into your body, there are so many different types of toys. There are silicone toys, plastic, metal, glass, uh, even medical grade woods. These are all perfectly body safe, but they do still harbor bacteria. Please, 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 please make sure that you clean your toys. I don't mean an hour after playing. I don't mean the next day. I mean when you are done, give your partner a kiss, get up and soak your toy, boil it, clean it with soap and water. Make sure you get it clean. It does harbor a lot of bacteria and you need to make sure that if that's something you are going to be putting in yours or your partner's body again, that it needs to be cleaned off and sterilized. All of those toys are completely safe. Silicone is one of my personal favorites. It is not, however, just as a side note, compatible with any kind of silicone lube. Silicone, unfortunately, bonds with itself. Uh, so you always want to use a water-based lube if you are using silicone toys. I mention that because silicone toys are some of the most common ones that you're going to see in sex shops or on Amazon or things like that. And that's what most people tend to go for. So please make sure that if you are using silicone toys that you are using water-based lube. One thing I am going to point out about toys is PVC, latex, jelly, and rubber toys. These are the most common ones that you see at your run-of-the-mill sex shop. And while they might look pretty and while they might look incredibly sturdy, I absolutely do not recommend using these internally. They look very pretty. They can do great in photos or anything like that, but I can't in good conscience recommend that you use these for anal. If you absolutely have to, or if it is a point of price where that is the only kind of toy you can afford, I advise that you use a polyurethane condom as PVC latex, a lot of the jelly dildos can break down latex on condoms. And they are an absolute breeding ground for bacteria because the material is so porous. So with that in mind, if you also have to use these kinds of toys, again, PVC, latex, jelly, rubber, use water lube, and please do not share these between partners. If you have multiple partners and you are using generally the same toy sets or you are using them in the same session with multiple people, please do not share them between partners. It is totally a way to share harmful bacteria and we just don't want that to happen. On the topic of lube though, please do not use flavored lube. I absolutely hate flavored lube. They might be very, very useful if you are someone who does not enjoy giving head and you want a little bit of extra motivation, so you want to taste something that tastes like a rubbery strawberry, but it is not meant to be used inside your body, despite the name. 
Silicone lube is always my go-to for anal. Water lube is always acceptable, of course. But if you cannot necessarily afford lube, because it can be a bit on the pricier side, go in your kitchen while you're cleaning up after dinner. Don't put away that grapeseed oil because you can use it for your butt. Grapeseed oil, jojoba oil, and coconut oil, all three are astounding natural alternatives for lube. Uh, they're really good for your skin. They are not harmful if you take them internally, but I will tell you one natural lube that is a no-go. Please stop spitting on people's assholes. I can tell you right now, I love being spat on. I absolutely love it. I love anal. But I will tell you right now that the few times that my partner has asked me to use a toy in my ass and told me to spit on my toy and to shove it in there, I snapped out of subspace so quickly and said, you could take several seats and let me lube up. And he did, because I lubed up, and then I spit on my toy. And that's exactly what you should do. If you want to use spit, some people love having their asshole spit on me. Make sure you lubed up first. It's incredibly hot. It's good aesthetically. It's not going to hurt you to use spit, but please make sure that you are properly lubricated before you go into that. While I'm giving advice, the day before, if you are able to plan ahead, if you are trying to make a conscious decision to keep yourself clean for anal sex, then you want to try to avoid too much protein, too much dairy, and a drink a lot, a lot, a lot of water. You want to try and flush your body out as much as humanly possible. But if that just doesn't seem like enough, there is always the astounding option of having an enema. Oh, I know, I could see your face when I said that word, enema. You can hop on down to your local drugstore and find any kind of enema there. I will leave the directions on the box up in your ability to read to uh, navigate that situation because it is not a pleasant one, but it does yield amazing results. If you do choose to use an enema, uh, I would suggest doing it three to five hours before you plan on having anal sex. It does give you time to process everything and to let your body settle a little bit before you're introducing another invader. If neither of those options seem like a thing, or if you really just don't have that kind of time or money to plan, the best thing I can say is just try and have a shit two hours beforehand maybe even an hour. Just try your best. As much as you can get out of your system, the less mess there is going to be. Speaking of mess, Miss K, how am I going to do all of this anal fun awesomeness without getting stuff everywhere? Lube is messy and so is shit. Well, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> but also, this is just my suggestion because I'm bougie get you some fuck sheets. And when I say fuck sheets, make them nice if you want to, but otherwise grab some sheets that you just don't care about anymore and put those down. Not only does it make it easier, and if they do get completely fucked up during the process of your escapades, does it just not matter and you can throw them in the wash or toss them away, but also it serves as a big light up sign to your partner like, hey, you're gonna fuck my butt tonight. They'll walk in the room and they'll see it and they'll go, oh man, it's 
anal night. And don't you want to give that present to your partner? That's the kind of surprise we all deserve. It's like Christmas Day. See? Festive. Other things to keep on hand. Always keep a towel on hand. And mostly because lube is just really, really messy. And it's because there are so many different kinds of lube, whatever your preference is. Some are stickier than others, and some just stick around forever. Have a towel nearby just in case things get a little bit messy. I also suggest keeping condoms around. Whether you are doing pegging or you're doing anal, I always condone safety in sex, especially, especially, especially if you have multiple partners. Also, if you don't know the status of the person that you are having anal sex with, you want to make sure that you are not only protecting yourself, but protecting your partner and your future partners and their future partners. Everyone needs to be safe in this scenario, so please, please, please wrap it up, whether it's fake or not. And one last point, esteemed listeners, and this goes... For the people being pegged and the people pegging, you're going to get shit on you. You just are. You are putting something into the orifice of the body that is made for excretion. I know it sounds gross. I know that you never see that in porn unless you look for it intentionally. But that's just not how it works in real life. I have been enjoying anal sex with my partner for several years now, and no matter how much I prep ahead of time, almost every single time, there's a little bit of shit involved. And if there's not a little bit of shit involved, then there's a smell involved. Because you're putting a dick inside of an asshole, and that's just what happens. So if your partner's super grossed out, or if you get super grossed out pegging your partner, and there's a little bit left over at the end of things, you're an adult. Go clean it up. Help clean your partner up. Get everything settled. Have a laugh over it and be done. Just like everything else, this is an opportunity for you to laugh and bond with your partner. And if you can't laugh and bond over being shit on, then you have no hope. And I'm going to go ahead and end it on that. That seems like a perfectly fine, happy note to end things on. Thank you, everybody, for listening again. I'm so excited that we got to do a third episode, and I'm even more excited about doing another one. Hopefully, next week, we're going to be talking about bodily fluids, as if we didn't talk about that a little bit today. But we're going to be talking about bodily fluids and how to deal with them safely. Um, if you have any kind of feedback for the podcast, or if you have been enjoying listening, if you could go and give us a rate on Spotify, because we're on Spotify now, Spotify or Facebook, or if you just want to talk to me personally, That's Gross now has a Facebook page at That's Gross if you're into it, or you can email me personally at misskchalice at gmail.com, and I will put all of this in the podcast notes so that all of you lovely people know exactly where to go. Thank you again for listening, and I'm looking forward to talking to some of you again. Have great sex, do weird shit, be safe, and whenever possible, pay for your porn.